0: <laughs> never expect normal with Tapru Wizard. Absolutely. And yeah. never expect normal with Udi. Shit Talker like extraordinary. Extraordinaire. <laughs> <laughs> you have one of the I want to say most unique and loudest voices in the space from a, an internal perspective that actually is going against the grain of what the bitcoin community does
1: what has been that experience like at first it surprised me a bit because i try sure i'm a shit poster 100 but i try not to like go after people personally you know like i'm like you know i disagree with the um, with the approach, I disagree with a lot of the things you guys say, but I don't like go, oh, you, you, and also you got, you are ugly, <laughs> you know, I don't do that. I was very surprised that there was, you know, it started a lot of personal attacks like on me, which I'm, you know, I'm, as a shit poster, I'm used to it. It's for whatever, but, it, but, but it surprised me a little bit. Um, there was that severe.
2: Welcome to the NFT Now podcast, your go-to source to succeed in the fast moving world of Web3. I'm Matt Medved. I'm
1: Alejandro Navia, And I'm Sam Heisel. Each week, we interview visionary creators, builders, and collectors so you can stay up to date on the most important trends and tactics for the internet's next frontier.
2: What's up, guys? We are back for another episode of the NFT Now podcast. Today's guest is Udi from Taproot Wizards. A longtime mainstay of the Bitcoin community who recently embraced the world of NFTs via Bitcoin ordinals with the most popping project on the chain, Taproot Wizards. You may have seen the shower videos all over social media taking over. We're gonna dive inside and learn more about what is driving this cult on the Bitcoin blockchain. Before we do, wanna encourage you to sign up for our newsletter nftnow.com. Each week, we distill everything happening into the space to actionable insights straight to your inbox. Without any further ado, Udi from Taproot Wizards. Udi, the Yo. man, the myth, the wizard extraordinaire in the flesh at the NFT Now podcast. Welcome,
1: man. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? I'm I'm so happy to be here. This is awesome. Like what? Like, like I would a, have thought. You should have in, thought. It, I know, is (laughs) it, is it, you know, is it one day, is it once a Bitcoin Maxi showing up on an interesting now podcast? This is for me, this is a a big moment.
2: This is a watershed moment.
1: Yeah. The better question is, how many
0: ETH NFTs do you hold? I wouldn't know. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't know. There's a bunch. There's a bunch. Udi, for our community, I'd love for you to introduce yourself, like. What is the Wizards and like, what is your love for Bitcoin and the Ordinals? just so we
1: can set the stage? Right. So I have um, um, been a mentally ill Bitcoin fan for about 10 years now. Um, um, I don't know, it just happened. I used to be a software developer and found out about Bitcoin somehow through that and usual story that I think a lot of NFT people experience too of just, you know, many sleepless nights, uh, reading and, and, and consuming everything you can about Bitcoin at the time and, uh, just become, yeah, just became completely mentally ill, you know, parents disown you, friends disown you, (laughs) the, the, the usual kind of stuff. Um, and, um, Bitcoin has just been a really big part of my life. And I think it's really... You know, I you know I worked for Bitcoin companies. I um, I spent a lot of time trying to get people to onboard to Bitcoin. It's just been like the you know that's my adult life basically. Um, And for you know for a while, especially people who know me from Twitter, probably have known, if if they if they know me for more than two years, then they probably have known me as like sort of a Bitcoin maximalist actually. And um, probably like the two last years, I kind of changed my mind about that, um, kind of opened up a bit more to other stuff. Um, After fading NFTs for almost 10 years, because, you know, NFTs actually started on Bitcoin in, you know, stuff like Rare Pepe's and and Carter Party stuff Mm -hmm. and like many, many years ago. So I faded them back then. (laughs) I had the opportunity to fade them back then. And I, I think only probably like, you know, in the last year or two, I started to see nfts as a way to approach new audiences that just maybe did not connect to the bitcoin stories that we've been telling up until now just because you know different people have different priorities maybe not everyone is like extremely enthusiastic about monetary policies for example like (laughs) apparently some people don't don't spend their time talking about this kind of stuff you know so um and and i found that I realized eventually that people are so passionate about this stuff. Like, so this is a way, the way I see it, to transfer the values that I care about to just a new audience.
0: And what are those values?
1: Um, you know, self-sovereignty, self-custody, being responsible of your own, like, future, blah. getting out of the matrix in a sense. In um, and just a sense of community. that I do think you know. I know that a lot of um, um, uh, a lot of uh, kind of the newer generation of, of crypto people call it Web three, like the Web three community. Um, you said that with so much passion, bro. <laughs> you know, <what> I, mean? <laughs> I mean, it's a it's because here's the thing. You always we we we. It's always the same thing where we keep having new names for it every three years. I right. feel like. Um, the, so, you know, we call it web three now, I guess, uh, for me, you know, like, I guess, uh, five years ago, people like said, oh, it's the blockchain. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like web three, but it's at the same, at the end of the day, it's the same thing. It's this idea that you can build those communities. That's the way I see it. Uh, You can build those communities that have those shared goals. Um, I think that with NFTs and, and, and web three, I guess it's, it's maybe even more accurate because in the past, you know, people would like buy Litecoin, right, in mm-hmm. whatever in 2013, and then they would change their profile picture in on Facebook to right. to the Litecoin logo oh, on, right, Reddit. Yeah, on Reddit. Reddit. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. God, dude, I,
0: you're bringing me back PTSD, <laughs> 100%. Yeah.
1: And it was. It's the same thing. It's I I really think it's a very similar like kind of social phenomenon. It's like a tribal kind of thing, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with NFTs, it's kind of more precise. Mm-hmm. Um, because you you allow the communities to be more specific, mm-hmm. and you allow every single person to have its, like their own identity. Yeah. So I think it's very similar, but it's more precise. And honestly, it gets rid of a lot of the a lot of the stuff that I used to really dislike about uh you know so called old coins back in the day was that I felt like you know this is about the community. Why are you telling me that this is about? flying cars on the blockchain why are you telling me this is about internet of things why are you mm-hmm. telling me this is about ai like it's not it's about a community of people this is what we're really doing and you attaching all of those narratives that don't actually make sense on top of it is what this is the way i always felt about it and at some point I, it kind of clicked for me like wait this maybe this is what rfts kind of are mm. um they get rid of the narratives that are not relevant. Like, why am I buying an Azuki? Not because I think that they're going to build uh, whatever, a uh, grocery store on the blockchain or the weird things that old coins used to promise. Um, just because it's a community with shared goals, I find, you know, I find that I can identify with it. I want to be part of it and I can, you know, I can share in the upside of that community too. So, yeah. So I just found it more precise, I mm. guess. Compared to altcoins of your.
2: Well, speaking of communities that people want to be a part of the taproot wizards are on fire uh people are doing showers all over social media wearing wizard costumes yeah, now this is a <laughs> this is a
0: cult this is Dude, a, cult. It's a fucking cult did you see the one with the fucking mustang driving through the <laughs> you see, you see the, the what was it, it was like, a, like a canoe or like a rowboat there's a boat line. Yeah. Uh, a boat line.
1: man they set in a mustang and in full wizard costumes and went into the shop they the, new the mustang wash. it was a bo- it was like purchased oh. brand new Right, so and I'm drove f- it through car wash. So was drove. that was that a bet that the wizard that they, you would get would
2: pay for the Mustang? But it was
0: the like. So I'm scrolling through Twitter. I'm going through my morning thing. I'm yeah. like, all right, great, you know. And then I see K Money's little like sad attempt at making the wizard one. I gotta give, I got you know. And then literally the algorithm was feeding me. Because there was that one week where it was like, you had everyone on Twitter taking showers. Yeah. Dude. Yep. I don't know how you did it. <laughs> Wizard costumes were up, you know. Wizard costumes were up across the nation. <laughs> yeah. like, you like, know? Google, Google tried <laughs> yeah. it. Was like, you know, like, you trigger that. And then all of a sudden, I'm like scrolling through it. And I see this these two guys in a drop-top Mustang. Yeah, And I'm like, okay. And they're doing the. I thought they were on their way to the shower. Right, like I'm thinking, like yo, okay, these guys have a fucking Mustang. They're they're dressed in it. They're probably gonna drive in the rain. Like something like normal. Mm-hmm. Never no. expect normal. It <laughs> never, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> never expect normal with Tapu Wizard. Absolutely. And never yeah. expect normal with Udi. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, so really. like we'll, we'll get into that yeah. in a little bit. Oh, yes. like, it's like shit, shit talker, like extraordinary. Extraordinaire. <laughs> 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 All right. So I'm scrolling through this thing, right, and then. These two young lads, all right, are literally driving up to a car wash. And I'm like, all right, let's let's see where this goes. <laughs> mm-hmm. The rooftop comes off, and they literally go in with the roof off, and they start fucking wow. washing the car, the foam in it, and the guy's looking straight into his camera, and he's like, Oody, I hope I get my Taproot Wizard allow list. And that's when I knew. Yep. I was like, it's "This a cult. It's a cult. It's a cult. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So let's talk about that, Yeah. Man. For those who, who are tuning in, maybe don't know, what do, what are the Taproot Wizards? How did it come together? And how has it become this cult?
1: Right. So Taproot Wizards um, actually started uh, kind of a long time ago. It started last summer. Um Me and my uh, cold co-founder Eric Wall um, have been. If anyone who's been, unfortunately, tracking our Twitter uh, accounts, know that we've been absolutely obsessed with uh, the Bitcoin community, the online Bitcoin community, what we call uh, laser eye maximalism, and why we think it's not great for Bitcoin. And we really want to change it. Well, I don't think we're going to change anyone, but I think we want to bring new fresh people into bitcoin that are not the same laser eye folks so what type of flavor kool-aid do you have do you have grape or do you have like cherry (laughs) yeah that's the look you have to have kool-aid but everyone has to have kool-aid but i think um the 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 wizard itself Mm -hmm. is actually a meme from 2013 that um they used it in the bitcoin subreddit in 2013 if you think back to 2013 um, the word Bitcoin was not very well known. Most people on the planet did not know that it exists. The few people who heard the the, the, the brand Bitcoin uh, assumed that it was related to crime, you know, drugs, whatever. If you tell someone, hey, I'm interested in Bitcoin, then they take their distance from it's you. Silk Road. Yeah, Silk Road. Silk Road, that was it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah. Um, so... It did not have a very strong brand at the time, and the guys at the Bitcoin subreddit wanted to promote it. They held this contest. The idea of the contest was let's come up with an ad that we can use on the rest of Reddit to pull people into the subreddit. Um, and this guy shows up. Um, his his pseudonym is Maven's Bot, and he shows up with this uh, uh, wizard that looks like it's made in Microsoft Paint. It's not, by the way, but it looks like it's made in Microsoft Paint, and and it, it just says yeah, like, sure. it just says like our Bitcoin at the top, magic internet money and has like a fake button that says, join us. And that's it. And it, it looks so silly. And it ended up, it won the contest, probably won the guy like, you know, multiple Bitcoins because at the time it wasn't worth much. And, he, he put, and they put it as an ad. It ended up being the best performing Reddit ad at the time. Uh So he nailed it like completely, like what the community is actually looking for at Reddit at the time. And that was the first time that people started to think of Bitcoin as, okay, maybe it's also like this whimsical, fun, magical thing and not just drugs and and crime. You know, Um, a lot of people that I talked to today that say that they, you know, kind of joined around that time say, yeah, this is how. Like this, I saw this either on Reddit or in some, you know, news article about it because it was a successful ad. And that's why they even got into Bitcoin in the first place. And we were like, you know, we kind of want to bring that spirit back. Um, we kind of, we, the same way that, that, you know, that they were like trying to get people from outside of the Bitcoin, you know, mini group, mini cult of the, the we're like thinking, hey, we can do it again. <laughs> there are a lot of people and it's it's actually, it's, I, I feel like it's such a low hanging fruit, um, you know, the, the Web3 community, Right. I think a ton of them have never tried Bitcoin. They never had a reason to, right? They they so they join like let's say a year or two ago, maybe three. Um, first thing they do probably you know either they buy some stablecoins, they buy ETH, they put it on their MetaMask wallet. They start playing around with with OpenSea, maybe DeFi stuff, whatever. They never had a reason to try Bitcoin. They never downloaded a Bitcoin wallet, right? Why would they? They, they it's not part of the it's not part of the thing anymore. So, but you know they already know how to self custody. They already care about the same values pretty much. They, it's just that when they go online on Twitter to maybe learn about Bitcoin, all they see is laser eyes telling them that they have to eat steak and they can own uh, JPEGs and they have to own guns. And I don't, you know, I don't have any problem with people who, who want to own guns or want to eat steak. I, you know, love steak. Uh, <laughs> I just don't think it's relevant, no, <laughs> I, Bitcoin, I, I, you know, I, I, I,
0: but um. For context, I think it's important. A lot of our yeah. a lot of our community are what we like to call uh early entrants or tourists mm-hmm. in this space. You mm-hmm. know, um I'd love for you to explain to the community what
1: the laser eye maxis yeah. are
0: and where they come
1: from. Yeah, yeah. Here's an interesting way to put it. You know crypto punks, right? Yep. We yeah. all know crypto punks. So you look at the punks, and how many punk derivatives? Do we have, um, like, thousands? Countless, un, countless, un, how, yeah. yeah, like, we un, can't even begin Unthinkable yeah. numbers. Unthinkable yeah. <laughs> numbers. On every single chain, you have, like, dozens of them, if not hundreds and thousands the punks, of them. The funks, the and, this, to that. Yeah, yeah right. and you flip them horizontally, and you flip them vertically, and you t- change the tint a little bit, and you, whatever. The uh, upside down, yeah, this, the this, um, You know the like background, mutant. the whatever, yeah. you end up now. The noun punks, uh, yo, you name it, yeah, 100%. Now, if you're a punk holder, you look at this, Sure, some punk holders probably enjoy it. Uh, I don't mind it. Yeah, I'm like memes, some
2: meme, meme, it, meme it to oblivion.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right, right, right. But also, some some punk holders clearly yep. are not fans. Right, truly. Yeah, and um, I think early on, like 2013, 2014, 15, that's kind of what happened with Bitcoin. Like what what happened was you had Bitcoin, it worked, it was a thing, and then you've had a ton, a ton, endless amount of people just took the Bitcoin code base changed the logo a little bit, flipped it around, changed the colors, whatever, changed the uh, two letters in the name, uh, changed the mining algorithm in a tiny little way, changed, like whatever, like stupid little changes that no one cares about. Ended up with thousands of thousands of Bitcoin derivatives, right? Bitcoin Cash and all yeah. those things. Bitcoin Cash, yeah, yeah, that too. You know, thousands of them. Um, and the so I think there's this pretty big, significant part of the Bitcoin community Got very, you know, at some point you get tired of this, <laughs> you know, like even, sure, some of these bomb people make some money, but eventually, you know, similarly to bug derivatives, eventually, you know, there's not a lot of future. It, it, it seems like <laughs> there's not a lot of future in them for the very long term, right? So people kind of learn to try to protect each other from falling into these scams and, and whatever the way they, whatever way they view it. But then the crypto scene develops. Um, and other than just Bitcoin derivatives, there's also some other things. There's Ethereum, right? Ethereum is significantly different from Bitcoin. It's not the same thing. Uh It does things that Bitcoin does not. Bitcoin does things that Ethereum does not. It's it's really, it's not just a fork. or it's b- apples and oranges. Really, it is. Right?
0: Like that's very clear.
1: Really, it is. But I think for a lot of the people who were uh, in Bitcoin earlier, for them, it's the same. They're like, okay, it's just another guy showing up and just changing a few more. Okay, they change a little more. But it's, you know, for, from their point of view, we've seen this. Playing out like you know hundreds, thousands, millions of times, and and there's this disconnect, right? From their point of view, it's it's really about trying to protect their own from from the you know hordes of of scams, and they had a very good hit rate because you know ninety nine point nine nine percent of whatever you could find in crypto scene was scams. But over the years, it got better. So you know Ethereum is, I would say. Absolutely not a scam at all, um, and you know there's a lot of projects who are maybe you know somewhere in the middle, but there's also a lot of things who are, you know, prove themselves as valuable or at least prove themselves as desirable um, by some groups, you know, mm-hmm. and and um, and I think the the that group of Bitcoin Maxis and I like to call them laser eye Maxis because. <laughs> Because well, they they do have laser eyes on their profile yeah, on pictures, the but board, yeah. but also <laughs> yeah. but also but also because um the what happened over the years is that they really they 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 no longer talk about Bitcoin at all. They mostly talk about Ethereum and why Ethereum is bad, and they talk about you know uh, what NFTs and why NFTs are bad. And, and DeFi and why DeFi is terrible and, and why Binance is terrible and why, but they barely talk about Bitcoin because from their point of view, Bitcoin is already perfect. There's nothing to change. There's, a, there's also not much to talk about <laughs> because it's pretty much established and they just talk about how everything else is shit. Um, so I don't even like to use the term Bitcoin maxis to describe them because it has nothing to do with Bitcoin really. Um, that's why I, I like saying laser eye maxis because it's visually it's correct and also <laughs> it kind yeah. of represents their tunnel vision yeah. right
0: yeah yeah the yeah narrow, the narrow sidedness you've been consistently shitposting about them let's talk about this all right because yeah. y- you have one of the i want to say most unique and loudest voices in the space from uh, an internal perspective that actually is going against the grain of what the bitcoin community does these what, days yeah, yeah these, these days, days specifically yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so like what has been that experience like? Because you know, speaking of cults, right? Yeah. Like Bitcoin in itself has a very cult-like mentality. What has been the reception of your point of view and your perspective? You know, like with the Michael Saylors of the world, these yeah. like these types of things.
1: Well, you know, I'm not I'm not very close to Michael Saylor. I don't know right. what he thinks about me. But but a lot of you know a lot of other people in the kind of laser eye camp that I considered uh, I used to consider friends. Really, you know, at the very least took a distance, but usually it was they're a lot more proactive than just taking some distance from me, which surprised me a bit you know, I grew up now, and I understand that they probably were never friends right mm. and that's why it happened but yeah. but like um uh at first, it surprised me a bit because I try sure, I'm a shit poster one hundred percent, but I try not to like go after people personally, you know, like I'm like you know, I disagree with the um with the approach, I disagree with a lot of the things you guys say, but I don't like go, oh, you, you, and also you guys you are ugly, <laughs> you know. I don't do that. Um, and um I was very surprised that there was, you know, it started a lot of personal attacks like on me, which I'm you know, I'm as a shit poster. I'm used to it, it's for whatever, but it but but it surprised me a little bit um that it was that severe because I thought, well, okay, I just have a different opinion, and you know, but um I think that the Bitcoin quote was kind of Special about it in a bad way is that um, I do. We need cults. Cults are good, I think, but um, the Bitcoin cult is exclusive. It does not want to bring people in. It it kind of thrives on rejecting people from the cult, mm-hmm. and that is, uh, I do, just the math doesn't work out. to me. Like, how can that work <laughs> for for you know? It it can work for individuals, right? Like, mm-hmm. for sure, certain people. Can work for their own personal brand, that's for sure. But for Bitcoin, and also for the existence of the cult, like if you keep removing people and you don't add new ones,
0: <laughs> the it's math stay doesn't add pretty up. Quick, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and you know, obviously, with most um, cults in the space, they are very much all about adding new people in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Bitcoin one, and I want uh, to the, the Bitcoin one that I'm talking about online is not, but I want to kind of qualify that a little bit. I have a ton of Bitcoiner friends, right? Um, And most Bitcoiners I know um, are not laser eye maximalists on Twitter. The vast majority of them are not, right? Um, It's actually a very small group. I don't know. I assume it's, I don't know, a few thousands, a few tens of thousands of people, which is, you know, it's not nothing, but it's not, you know, compared to the base of Bitcoiners, which I would assume is, is in the eight to nine figures somewhere, um, nothing, right? But they're quiet and the, the most of them are quiet. They're not, you don't see them on social media, you know, either because some of them are retired. Many of them are retired. Some of them are, you know, building shit. They're too busy to ramble about stuff on Twitter. Um and the the online space was kind of I feel like kidnapped by this this group of laser eyes unfortunately okay. and they they're good they're good people uh, it's not like I don't think they should be the representatives of the Bitcoin brand that's, I think that so hurts important. Bitcoin
2: that makes sense. And, you know, I know we, we kind of talked about setting the stage for Taproot Wizards. I know that you you rubbed a lot of these Bitcoin Maxis the wrong way when you actually inscribed uh, the, the, first, the first one. And, and so let's let's talk a little bit about that and, uh, and, and how that uh, kind of gave birth to the project.
1: Yeah. So we, um, as I said before, we were thinking about this project for like six months plus before we knew about Ordinals at all. Um, we knew that we wanted to somehow like connect the ideas of NFT communities with Bitcoin. Uh, we had, you know, we had definitely some of the art made, we had definitely like a lot of, you know, thoughts about how it's going to work, but we didn't have the very important technical part of Ordinals, you know? So as, as we were trying to figure out, we we were kind of, you know, waiting <laughs> to see if, <laughs> if something comes up and amazingly something did come up and when we found out about ornals, so first time I found out about Orinals was uh, my good friend Dennis who's also um part of the Temple Wizards team he was he was uh reaching out to me and he said look uh we uh we w- there's this thing ornals, you have to look at it it's amazing that was you know after there were probably like five this? inscriptions like when that was, was...
0: when was this what was timeline uh,
1: mid-january so uh, we're talking about five you know, inscriptions wow about yeah. five inscriptions like i didn't i didn't even look this yeah. january 2023 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay yeah, 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 yeah
0: all right and now we're at a million
1: inscriptions and now Over. we're really yeah, past it yeah, yeah. yeah wow yeah so he, he he told me he was like literally the first person um who who was really serious about ordinals. i think in in the universe and he <laughs> He, he told me, look, you got to look at this. And my immediate response to him was, this is stupid. Don't bother me with this, please. <laughs> I don't have the time or the, ba- like, it's not going to. Now, now we have a canary. Anytime That's Rudy right. says, this That's is right. stupid. Now we know. Yeah. Now we know. Exactly. Now we know to go down on it. Exactly. So that that was my immediate response. And I was like, look, it's not going to catch on. No one's going to care. Like, it's not like it's, it's, it's way past its time. Like NFTs are not going to happen on Bitcoin. We're going to need to do something else. And that's that, that was my first thinking but then um what i realized was that those so i have my canaries too and I, what i realized that the the laser eyes uh that i love so much were really pissed about this really really pissed about this very very early like it didn't really even exist there were no inscriptions out there there were maybe you know you know two digit of inscriptions out there um and but they were really really mad um and I was like, well, if they're really mad about it, then, 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 there's got to be something there. <laughs> 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 there's got to be something there. Like, let's see, let's look into it. And what we found is that the the it's not just NFTs on Bitcoin. Like the dynamics of Ornals are really different mm-hmm. from how from how you know NFTs work on Ethereum, and different. Not in. I'm not even trying to say they're necessarily better. But they're different and different is good because that, you know, that that gives you this vast unexplored space of, of, of something that is new. Um, they're different in two important ways. One is, as, as the owner of an order, it's truly yours. Um, no one can change it. No one can change the image. You know, what happened to goblin towns cannot happen to your ordinals. It's yours. It doesn't matter what the creator wants. It uh, doesn't matter what kind of royalty marketplace wars are going on doesn't matter like it nothing matters once the creator gave the the ordinal to someone else it's over this is, <laughs> this, is this is it um it's permanent so you you guarantee that the image is going always going to be on chain it's always going to be available no matter what happens as long as bitcoin exists the 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 image of the inscription is also going to exist and it is truly scarce it is made out of scarce material so when you create an ethereum nft you know, you could create easily millions a day, you know, there's no reason why not. Um, it doesn't even have to be expensive if depending on how you do it. Um, but um, with, with Bitcoin, there's only four megabytes of block space available every 10 minutes. And you got to acquire some of it in order to craft your inscription. you got to acquire, that's the material that you're making your inscription out of. you got to buy it. And there's only a very limited amount of it that's going to be created every day. And so, you know, all of the creators in the world are competing over that very limited resource. How expensive
0: is this this resource?
1: Um, It's supply and demand, right? So you have have four megabytes every 10 minutes. That should be uh, roughly 600 megabytes a day, I think. Um, And that's all you have. So it depends how many people want to inscribe on that given day. These days it costs like, what, $30 or so sometimes to inscribe? So it would depend on the image size, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah.
2: That's yeah. what, that's been my experience. Yeah. You know, we we inscribed the NFT now logo in the first yeah. fifty thousand inscriptions. So, yeah, you know. yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> good. it always we were, be We fair. weren't quite
1: in the first five, but you know, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. it's a start. Yeah. It's a start. Yeah. It's a start. Yeah. So, Uri So we. I'll I'll finish the story about yeah. the four megabyte yeah. one. So I'll I'll so we you know we realize that there's something here, and uh, of course, I don't know if you guys feel this. Whenever I start doing something in crypto, I feel like I'm late, and yes. even and yes. even even back then it, we, we, it was it was it was inscription number six hundred fifty two when we eventually got it in. I was like, man, we missed the boat. This is like <laughs> 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 we're a million now, right? But I was like, damn, this is like we need to do something big in order to show that this one is different right. than the rest, and we wanted to also make a statement about you know. Because a big part of it was was about saying this is an alternative way to do Bitcoin things. We wanted mm-hmm. to make a statement about why what we do is different. And what we realized is one thing we could do that no one else did was make a very large inscription and in, just in file size. So just because of a technicality of the way that Bitcoin works, um, usually... Uh, if you, you can make transactions up to the size that fills the entire block and the block, li- block size limit is four megabyte. You can do that, but um, you cannot use the Bitcoin network to propagate that. So you need to, if you, when you make a transaction, you need to somehow have it reach the miners, right? Mm-hmm. And you have the Bitcoin network assisting you in, in getting the transaction to the miners. And the Bitcoin network will not propagate transactions that are over 400 kilobytes. It's just some protection. The transaction is still valid, but they will not help you to get it to a miner. So what that means is you need to know a mining someone who runs a mining pool and get in touch with them and get the four megabyte transaction through them. And that's what we did. No one else ever did that in the history of Bitcoin. No one else had any transaction that is bigger than 400 kilobytes. So we or eh, maybe maybe it was a little bigger, but not not as big as what we did, which was which was four megabyte. And because it was so unusual, people immediately noticed they didn't know what it is, what it means, what what's going on. But uh, a lot of people, especially in the Bitcoin camp, like kind of noticed, wait, this is the largest transaction in history by far. How did this even happen? A lot of people did not think it was even you know technically possible. Um, so that was that that was a very big statement, as far as the Bitcoin community is concerned, especially because for them they're like, "Wait, we thought you're not allowed to do this, and you still did this to do something we hate <laughs> 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 um, and they they got really upset, they got really upset. we already knew they were going to be upset, but we thought, okay, if we do it in a <laughs> You really pushed the buttons yes. on them there. Yeah, yeah. You, you weren't just like you Yeah, you, 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 you poked the bear. You no, no, the bear. He really, <laughs> he didn't poke the bear. He woke it up. He punched yeah. it in the face. You know what I mean? Time, that's <laughs> and and you know, of course it was completely intentional, right? Because of course. because what we wanted to say was um look. What we're going to do with double Wizards is we're going to do whatever the Bitcoin protocol allows us to do. I'm not here to like talk about which transactions are moral and which transactions are immoral or whatever of that kind of bullshit. Like we, the Bitcoin protocol allows it, we're going to do it. And that was the message we kind of wanted to send with this. And I think, I think a lot of people in the Bitcoin camp were truly confused. They're like, uh, wait, how is this even, like they must have cheated. It was almost like you,
0: like you kind of started breaking the matrix. Like you became yeah. the glitch, right? Like you're mm-hmm. like, wait, wait, what do you mean? The, so... What it sounds to me is like the the philosophical elements of Bitcoin, you started challenging them. And you said you went into the technical elements of Bitcoin. You're like, hey, if the the network allows me to do this, I will push the envelope to do that. Right. Not philosophically, but actually practically. Yeah. And like that started pissing off the wrong people. So,
1: well, the right people. The right people. people. (laughs) And you started
0: getting your signal. So at what point? Did t- crypto Twitter
1: pick this up? At what point did NFT Twitter pick it up? Um I think it was you know relatively early in the first in the first few days. Um it took you know it took a while for people to to you know kind of catch up on on the fact that something on on what happened because you yes, there was this big four-megabyte transaction. Most people didn't know what ornals are, so they didn't know where to look to understand uh, what the transaction was. Um but It was big enough for, you know, big, you know, news outlets were like trying to figure it out there. They had like, you know, articles out about how a 4-megabyte transaction happened, but they're they're not sure why. It became a thing for like a couple of days of people trying to, we we decided we're going to remain silent and not say anything. It became like this little game for a day or two of people trying to figure out what exactly happened. Um, In the inscription itself, um, it was, again, it was the simple wizard that we kind of modernized for, for, like, you know, the stuff that we were trying to say today, but we put the, the URL for discord on there, uh, like top Anyone went there, is, went directly to the, to the discord. And as because so many people were trying to figure out what was going on. And a ton of people like entered the, the discord just through that. Like, right. I don't know, like thousands of people just through this one thing that we, I didn't even say anything about it for yeah. a few hours, you know? Um, so that was really cool. Um, and that got, that picked out of people's interests, and we ended up getting this really interesting mix of which is really exactly what we wanted. So we're like very fortunate that it, that it worked out. We got this very interesting mix of people. Some are like kind of Bitcoin OGs really who yeah. who, who kind of agree with our view that, that Bitcoin needs to be more open-minded and they're kind of sick of the way that things kind of happened in the last couple of years. And the other group is is a bunch of NFT people who are like, yeah, we think inscriptions might be interesting. Like these guys, whenever there's some new alpha, there's right there's on top of they're on top of it within a day, right? So they were like, hey, uh, I don't know how Bitcoin works, but like this looks cool, so I'm gonna figure it out. And they're all over there like trying to install a Bitcoin node and and trying to understand how that works. And you know, and I'm like, man, I've got like thousands of people on my hands installing Bitcoin nodes that never happened in my 10 years of history in bitcoin um so i was like look there's something here yeah there's there's probably something here um yo, there was something
0: there i started getting fucking phone calls at two in the morning like yo come on this bitcoin discord i was like yeah, what yeah and then people yeah. were like telling me i was like what's going on i'm like three four different collectors started hitting me up mm-hmm. yeah and that's when i hit you up yeah and you're like yes i'm on top of it yeah and like, yeah. we and, <laughs> you, and those number uh, those those not financial advice spaces shout out trevor Start
2: you, you yeah. were on you were in we on, were that, on, on, that, on dude. Yeah, and like, it,
0: everything was over the counter otc yeah, yeah. everything because yeah. there was not a single wallet there wasn't a yeah. single exchange it felt like and, the early days bro i was like yo can i trust this guy that i like it, it, it was like <laughs> spreadsheets hey, and he's wizards he's like, and hey, like, you know, like i was like <laughs> what and people plugging in and like what was um the thousandth uh was it like a 69 well what, what what was the one that was like like it was a historic one like a like a like a 420 substan- what was it for like no there was like a thousand inscription like an ordinal that was like the number 69 or something and like there was like a
1: there's something like that. Yeah. I think maybe yeah. maybe a hundred thousand was just someone yeah, describe like the, number, the 69. number 69. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And
2: people were like, because you didn't really know like what number it was going to be, you know, it's like on the block. And so it was like, it was really fascinating, but it had this energy, it had this yeah. real excitement. And one of the things that I mentioned in those spaces, and I want to mention it now because I think it's really significant, is that when we think about mainstream adoption, we think about like tapping into different communities and crossover potential. It's like there's a massive untapped market with the Bitcoin community there yeah. when we think about NFTs. And what was really interesting is I know a lot of people who, the, for, well, especially entrance into this space, a lot of people got into crypto in order to buy NFTs, right? Oh, yeah. And so you have a lot of people coming from the creative economies who weren't necessarily there in 2013 or weren't there in the, you know the early days of like you know um, uh, of Bitcoin, and the like. And for many of them, they have not really interacted with Bitcoin's ecosystem. And so like all of a sudden, you have a lot of these people who had come in, you know, we bought their first Ethereum just to buy an NFT, or the like all of a sudden learning about Bitcoin. Even anecdotally, on our staff, we have some young staff members. Shout out AJ, our, our social media coordinator he was like trying to learn more about Bitcoin, you know, and like, and that was a really exciting and interesting thing to see. I As got a, I got in yeah. trouble
0: with my wife. My wife's like, you're not touching our Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> I, want, I just want to
1: describe no, a few no, sats no, I just want to describe, no, a, few no, no, want to describe no, a few sacks. She's like, you're not touching no, it. You know what I mean? No. Like, you know,
2: leave that, like, leave like, that like, shit in the vault, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But what you had was all of a sudden a whole segment of yeah. the space that previously had no real use case for Bitcoin, or Bitcoin did not provide like like a, a real like like they weren't they weren't focused on bitcoin they didn't have necessarily a relationship with that with that with that technology that community all of a sudden learning about bitcoin all of a sudden understanding where this space comes from, and as someone who came into crypto in two thousand thirteen through the bitcoin white paper, that was really exciting for me to see and and I'm sure it must have been exciting for you oh, to yeah. see as well
1: oh yeah, yeah because we just i f- i feel like in 5 years maybe even 6 years we have not seen that much interest in bitcoin from the rest of the crypto community Dude, like hands down yeah
0: hands down cuz like I I, I I dca into bitcoin every yeah. month right but like i've been buying since 2000, january 2014 That's right so, so i've been i've been really interested into it i, I remember the only reason why I didn't get into Bitcoin in 2011 or 2012 was because the only way to get a Bitcoin was on eBay or Craigslist off a of USB, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What? What is this? Like, I'm not touching this." You know, and, like finally Coinbase came around, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I still remember your whole computer was your was your wallet. Yeah, right. And to your to that point, it, but what also makes it really exciting, I think, from a perspective, is like. The potential for upside beyond just the speculative nature of the of the price, right? Like now you have actual trading value. There's a marketplace. Right. There's incentives yeah. There's like you guys. You probably have like so many early ordinals that you can actually now have life changing generational wealth if you really wanted to start putting them out there and saying, maybe, "Hey, maybe multiple generations." Yeah, multiple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> at this point, but before that, having a Bitcoin was only a long tail element of potential right mm-hmm. like what's the what's the thing like i have a i have a theory that like being being a coiner just having one bitcoin is going to be in the next 10 15 years is going to be like well you hold a whole bitcoin mm-hmm. right because like there's yeah. so many limited but now it's like it expands the the purview the and ecosystem. the ecosystem yeah. of what's possible in this or and it creates this upside right because at the end of the day we all know this everyone's in nfts for one main reason of course and that reason is to make money right showers showers (laughs) (laughs) hygiene hygiene (laughs) you know the community is amazing the art is really pushing it the technology adoption is really great but the promise of financial upside is still pretty much at the core of what our community really is embracing or building right it's kind of like the early days of the internet it's like hey we're here to connect with each other but like how do we commercialize this how can mm-hmm. we bring co- like cap- uh, capitalism into it and i think this is the first time from my personal opinion that i see the potential upside of ownership with bitcoin beyond a financial instrument mm,
2: right.
0: yeah
2: right. Yep. yeah like you know one of the things that i often think about is you know also, like you know, I I bought my first Bitcoin in 2013 at the exact top of that market. You know, it, like crashed like two weeks later, but I was like, cool. No, I believed in the I believed in technology, all that. Um, but then it, it really was uh, down. But it down the road once you know NFTs were kind of like what made me make that full-time jump, right? Because all, of, because I've never been a finance guy at the end of the day, you know? Like, I've always believed in the promise of decentralized technology and Bitcoin and everything like that. But like, for me, I've always been focused on like art, music, culture, that you know, all that. And so NFTs was like the technology I believed in for a very long time, finally disrupting those fields and in a way that can also empower creators. And this is like bringing that element to bitcoin that hasn't been there before right and it brings in all of these people who you know before you know that was magic internet money right. this is this is art. It, literally even the first wizard said it was magic internet money right but this is art music and culture you don't bet against that right and like that has a power that can transcend and now what you're seeing is all of these like new a new generation of of uh of of entrance into the space uh un- like learning about bitcoin understanding bitcoin and embracing
0: bitcoin yeah. absolutely udi to start uh bringing this to so a close, right start wrapping it up what can we expect from the taproot wizards uh community what are you what are your plans the more alpha the better
1: yeah <laughs> yeah well what we want to do is we want to we want to build this community of people who are builders and creators mm-hmm. who can carry Bitcoin into, you know, the next five years, in the next bull cycle. And um, I, I feel like the fact that we did not uh, maybe onboard a ton of new Bitcoiners in the last bull cycle is something that we're gonna feel much strongly in five years from now. Uh, we we just missed out on a generation. And I don't think we can afford missing out another generation. So we, um, I think that just like, you know, what ended up enabling um, Ordinals was this uh, small, uh, you know, technical upgrade uh, that Bitcoin developers made. It's called Taproot. That's where our name comes from. And accidentally it allowed for larger uh, transactions that allowed for larger inscriptions. And we feel like, it, this small change, by mistake, allowed so much activity to come back to the Bitcoin chain. Um, we can probably do more things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like We can probably do more small things, not massive things. I'm not saying like, hey, let's add solidity support to Bitcoin. That's insane. It's never going to happen. It shouldn't happen um, because Bitcoin's kind of reliability and stability is very important to what it is. But... If there are technical ways that we can, similar to how Tapu did it, allow for second layers to exist um, that that will allow on top of them smart contracts, stuff like that, um, then I think that unlocks like massive opportunities that happen in all of those other chains already, but did not happen in Bitcoin yet. So those, you know, those kind of things where like Bitcoin is as an asset, is 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 perfect for you know all kinds of decentralized applications. It just didn't have the technical ability to do that. I feel like very similar to how we felt about the Wizards early on. We knew we wanted to do that. We knew why, but technically there was no not the solution yet. I think we can, as a community, as we bring in more builders and creators, we can build out those things for Bitcoin too. And, and then really expand that ecosystem in a very meaningful way. Uh, and really enable a lot of things that people really want to do, but still can. And for that, you need a, a strong community that... Um, not only wants these things, but is you know creative enough, entrepreneurial enough in order to go and, and build it. And and my kind of thesis has been that this that kind of community has been missing in the Bitcoin space for a while, and that's what we want to build. And that's why you know that's why we've been onboarding people through what we call the 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 wizard school and the quests. Um, we're trying to be pretty picky about the way we curate people that that you know enter that community and we're gonna have a bunch you know we had the famous wizard shower quest we're gonna have a bunch more um where the idea is to find you know either people who are very creative um or you know a bunch of other very important skills that you need in a community like that and and um and we're we're, we're gonna i think people are <laughs> some people are expecting like hey you could sell these tomorrow like why are you like you could you know People want these. There's a lot of demand. Like, just do us mint tomorrow and, and it'll go great and, and, and it probably will. But that's not what we want. What we want is to build a very strong community around that that is, you know, really cares about the Bitcoin values, really cares about what we're trying to build there. And it's looking great so far, right? Yeah. But, um, but we want to continue to grow that. And we're going to try, you know, my kind of the way I kind of look at um, NFTs, there's a lot of things I, I do really love about them. But also, I think in general, business model for NFTs has not really been figured out yet. Um, of course. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we've had this great period of time where uh, because it was, you know, bull market, then everything worked, but that's not right. the case anymore. And the royalties. You know, yeah. The dynamic The dynamic has changed. Yeah. Yeah. Those things I'm a strong believer are not going to work anymore. And mm-hmm. And so we, that's why we're very happy to explore new things and not do like the, the usual, oh, let's just mint it out and see what happens. That's, yeah. I'm, I'm not a big believer in that. Um, so we we really do believe in trying all of We're going to try a bunch of like crazy quests. The shower one was simple. I'm looking forward <laughs> to I'm looking forward to it. Will they continue yeah. to push forward hygiene at
2: scale? I, mean,
1: I, think, <laughs> I, I think, you know, that's that's one of the things that I was very happy about this particular week in NFT NYC, you know. Um, I feel like we really improved um, just the sense in most of the events. That's it's amazing. So far. man! I've never yeah. seen a community grow
0: so fast and so strong as uh, Thank the Wizards, you. man. No, all nice. right. Without further ado, I think it's time. Oh, it's time. It's time. It's time. Bullish or bearish?
2: Bullish or bearish gamma?
1: No, I'm bullish. Of course I am. Yeah, I mean, you know, Oral's marketplaces are definitely going to be a thing. It's going to be very interesting to see how they develop in differently than what they did in Ethereum because I think they're going to have to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Ethereum and uh, Marketplace are figuring things out now. I have, too, to, so. I have to double down on this one.
0: Bullish or bearish, Magic Eden? also bullish
1: no yeah okay. i think yeah, the, fact, right, look, right. the fact the yeah. fact that the magic eden is showing up very early by the way it's ordinals um is is one of those very big um signs Indicators. that this is you know okay. something something is really happening here all right bullish or
0: bearish i'm going to bring it back to ethereum crypto dick butts
1: no, they're great. I can't. You have to be bullish on crypto, <laughs> You've you Got the high priestess, you know, yeah, the high yeah, priestess. No, of you know. course. No, I, <laughs> that I mean, they're they're a great example of a cult that we kind of look up to. You know, like that's that's kind of what we want to be.
2: That's amazing. Mm. How about this bullish or bearish? Uh, D-Gods on Bitcoin.
1: I mean, you just you. I, I said I was gonna say bullish on everything, but I am. Yeah, like I, I literally am bullish on all those things. Of course, diggers are no. That that's amazing. You know, like diggers on Bitcoin. Uh, you know, 12-fold on Bitcoin. Um, uh, who else was it? Oh, uh, we...
0: maybe NowPass. Oh,
1: I don't know. Hey. Oh, there's um, gonna be uh, NowPass on Bitcoin. Know, did oh, I hear something. I, hey, oh, maybe that's some Does alpha gotta... right there for you guys. You know? I think, I think that, I think that most creators are seeing now that it makes a lot of sense to come over to the to the Bitcoin side. Um, it, look, anyone who did that did well. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's a it's definitely a good idea for NowPass. I think it's a, you know I think it's a good idea for any creator.
0: That's amazing. All right. And uh, the final one, bullish or bearish NFT now?
1: I said I would be bullish on everything, but you know, no, no, no. <laughs> this is, <laughs> you know what I, you know what I love? Um, I've seen a lot of um, sort of uh, media companies in the crypto space. And m- most of them are shit, you know, most of them are really bad. Like most of them are like proactively harmful. You know, and NFT now was a big part of how how I kind of caught up to NFTs myself um, because I had a lot of catching up to do, and also I feel like it's just quality content. It's just actually helpful, which is truly rare in the crypto space. Ladies and gentlemen, here to here first. (laughs) All right, (laughs) thank you. Yeah,
0: no, no, I'm very bullish. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rudy, for coming and joining us. Thank, thank you for you so having much. me. You yeah, know, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually very glad that we didn't get through any shit posting about us through this process. not yet. He's like, yo, wait a second. Not yet. Oh, no, bad. I
1: shit posted with my best friends. You know. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, that's fair. But uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Udi. We loved having you here, yeah. and super excited to see how we can continue to collaborate and support you through your new journey into ordinals and NFTs and everything else. Amazing. We love the wizards.
1: Yeah. Well, we love NFT now, but the I, I, the wizards are. It's just those people. It's the. It's really all about those people. Yes. Like, yeah, I love the pictures too, but the <laughs> these people are amazing. You know, the fact the I know. You, I know that I'm. Uh, I'm gonna wrap it up, but I just have to say that it's like the. You know, we do stuff like the wizard shower, right? And we we think that it's gonna go well, but you never know, right? And then you see the response. And and you, see yeah. yeah. and you see a Mustang in a <laughs> car wash. you
2: see a Mustang in a car wash. jumping into into streams and rivers and <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh,
1: God, that's yeah, good. but you see the commitment. It's just you know, yeah. it's yeah. it's
2: hard to not even creativity too. It. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. You know? It's amazing. We'd love to see it. We'd we'll... love to see it. Well, excited to see where it all goes. And yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you. <laughs> Wow, that was an amazing conversation, learned a lot about Taproot Wizards and the history and the lore. I think it just goes to show that sometimes a project or an idea just needs to reach the right moment to really take off. And it's amazing to see what Udi and Co are building uh, on the Bitcoin blockchain with the Ordinals protocol. Uh, Keep your eyes posted for a lot more from that crew. Well, Tapper Wizards isn't the only tokenized community that Udi's a part of. We are very fortunate and very grateful to call him a member of our NowPass community. If you haven't joined, feel free to pick up a NowPass on OpenSea. Uh, We've got a ton of exciting initiatives and and upcoming announcements in the works. And uh, we will see you again on the NFT Now podcast next week.